Welcome, everybody, in the Movie Guys Verse. This is Jordan here, part of Movie Guys Podcast. We wanted to say thank you so much for downloading this most recent episode. If you don't know what Movie Guys Podcast is, we are a new movie review show that is updated weekly. You can check us out at movieguyspodcast.com and also movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. And tonight, we are talking about The Thing 2011 prequel. I'm Jordan, and I'm joined here, like always, with Eric and Ed. And I don't know who to trust, Eric or Ed. Uh, which one of you guys have uh, feelings? Eric, how are you doing? It obviously doesn't even fucking matter in this movie, because <laughs> if, you can still wear earrings and get away with anything else, you know? Like, it's, uh, this movie, I tell you, like, talk about keeping up with the stereotype that sequels just don't hold up, right? Uh, but my thing is, why call The Thing The Thing? Do you know what I mean, Ed? Yeah, I mean, The Thing about this movie was that it was uh, not The Thing. If you, you know, know maybe what I mean. it, yeah. yeah, maybe it's uh, like, like, Amelanis Morissette's, you know, classic ironic the yeah. only thing ironic about that song is that none of her coincidences about which she writes are ironic. Interesting. Yes. So this the thing about this movie is the thing is not in it. I just don't understand why they would call the thing the thing when it's a sequel to the thing. Yeah. 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 So so like is it I got it. I, I know well, why. I, I get it. I also just like saying the thing a lot. Is it <laughs> Is it maybe it's supposed to be, like, a continuation? Like, it's all supposed to be one wrapped-up little thing? Yeah, so um, it's a little behind always the scenes. Always wrap up your thing. Good call. <laughs> always, uh, uh, always I am the I'm the reader, I guess, of Movie Guys Podcast here. I like to study and find out. I know Eric, you do too, but I dive deep into it. Hey-yo. Um, but, yes, uh, so originally this movie was – I had a script, and it was approved back in 2008. It was going to be a reboot. Just a solid old good-fashioned reboot. John Carpenter was going to be involved, and he was going to be an executive producer of the film. Starring Hayden Christensen in the Kurt Russell role. Oh, my. Okay. So that oh, movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been bad. Kurt, uh, Hayden Christensen was... And I killed him. I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after that movie, of course, fell through the studio, didn't want, did not want to do. John Carpenter backed out, and they hired this unknown director uh, who has this is his first and only big Hollywood film. And uh, he said to the studio that I'm not going to remake. I'm going to tell a prequel of the Norwegian base. And he has been on many interviews that I've seen on YouTube today that he is actually a big fan of the thing. And he wanted to do it justice. However, though, they did feel handcuffed in telling the story they wanted to tell. So that's kind of the backstory of how this movie got made. You know what? That actually kind of helps out a little bit. Because, like, I I feel like this movie wanted to be something else. And we're not seeing what the original cut should be. You know what I mean? Like, because all the pieces are there. Like... 
like everything is where it needs to be. If they were to just correct uh, some character flaws or some plot holes or some goddamn accents, Jesus, man, like uh, Norwegian bank uh, uh, base. I mean, can we adjust all the accents, please? You know, like just everyone from around the world. I'm sorry, that, that's completely. It's a Norwegian base, man. And how many Norwegians out of like 13 people? How many of them are there? Like, there's like four of them, right? Uh, there are there are fifteen people on that base and seven are the Norwegians. That's that's okay. So half. Yeah, let's just say half. There is an alternate ending to this movie. Nothing I guess I was can't filmed. be upset with that shit. Okay, fine. Maybe no. I'm overreacting, but it's just you're whitewashing it. You are, you are. But I want to know what you guys feel first before we get into the nuts and bolts of the thing. 2011, the original ending of the script. This was a reshoot. Them, uh, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, right? Yep. And Joel Edgerton. That was not in the original script. That was a reshoot when they go to the alien spaceship. The original ending was to have the Joel Edgerton character and Mary Beth die by the hands of the two surviving Norwegian members because of paranoia. And blah, blah, blah. The Norwegian members think that everything is fine and dandy. They see a dog escape. They go into the last remaining helicopter to chase down the dog. So, I, I mean, do we want to talk about this, this movie from start to, to finish? Because I, 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 I have a lot of questions. I mean, we can talk about it. Uh, first of all, before we, I mean, do you guys like that ending better? Of Not the reshoot of the alien spaceship. Do you like that the two main characters were killed by two paranoid... Uh, Norwegians, and those it, are the two. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> really? I was okay. literally just getting ready to say that. Okay. Well, All no, right. I, I, I get you. I, I say that. Listen, I, I, I want it to matter. I should say that first. Uh, uh, but the we had one ending where Kate is her name uh, versus Carter, uh, Julia Goodson's character. Where they had that confrontation, their their final scene together, right? And then, I mean, uh, we're obviously just going to go full in full spoilers here. I assume everybody's already seen it. Where at the end, where it's, it's obviously those two together, and uh, 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 she kills him because she figures out that it he's uh, infected, right? Because of the earring. Yeah, you wore it on the other ear, and mm-hmm. uh, and then she then she burns him, and then she just like what happens to her? It just fades to black. We don't know. But okay, cool. let's cool, yeah. dude. What? Okay, all right. So, so Eric's definitely upset, uh, and I know how you feel about this. Let's get to the nuts and bolts about it, okay? Eric, let's let's go off you with the, right off the bat. The beginning of the film, how they find the spaceship. Let's not talk about scene by scene. Let's talk about the major plot points that were brought up in the first movie and see how they happen in this movie. That's going to be our review tonight, fans. Is the major plot points. So, Eric, let's go with you first. Them finding the spaceship. How do you feel about that? Oh, them just uh, just trucking along on a snowcat and all, and then just stumble upon it, right? No, that's not. Well, kinda. They were they were on the snowcat because the guy in the background was telling the two guys to shut up because he was trying to find a radio signal. There was some sort of distress radio signal, a la the alien spaceship in LV four twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got that. They and they their snowcap is right along, and it falls in some loose ice, and then they get the spaceship right, and then they call in the crew, and they find the alien disappeared in the ice, right? Yeah. And then, and yeah. 
and, and again, without telling anybody uh, outside of the base, right? Well, they can't. And the also, radio, when you're the radios, a... I get it. The radio is conveniently broken. They can't get a signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. This is in the 80s and stuff like that. Even though they, and they have helicopters and shit everywhere. But yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Instead of, uh, uh, I, I don't like it. Because I, I feel like in the other one they were they were scientists, and I feel like when you're in a military base like that, the first thing you do with discovery like that is you don't push forward until you fucking touch touch back with base, you know. And and we also miss a key thing that's super important in the first one that picture that they took, of, you know, when you when they finally go to that Norwegian base in the first one and they see the picture. There's no picture. In this one, they are not like super proud about finding this spaceship. What and, you know what I mean? Basically, what Ed is talking about is there's a there's because the, Ed, you're right. I'm gonna cut you guys off because Ed, you're right. This this is a big scene in the movie. This is one of the big scenes, and we really need to discuss this. In the original 1982 thing, they find a picture of the Norwegians completely holding hands, a la peace around the world style, completely circling the spaceship. There is no picture. Ed is right on that. That's a big plot hole. So then, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, there, so there's a one, I guess, obviously too. But they just follow like the. This is a. This is okay. The the first thing from the '80s with Kurt Russell, that was like a sci-fi thriller, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one is just monster movie horror, and yeah. so because of that, it follows the structure. Where whereas it's like, oh well, there's a monster, something buried in the ice. Let's cut it out and bring her inside, you know. Type, you know, just everything sets up perfectly for the other part, you know. And not even just that, but like, let's, uh, you know, uh, let's break into the. It just everything about it just is just like, oh guys, should we do this? Oh, I don't know. Let's do it anyway. <laughs> you know what? You know what? This reminded me of this movie. Um, what's that movie that we that we saw earlier this year with Ryan Reynolds? In the space, in, in uh, life. Know, life, yes, with yeah, this movie is basically life, or rather, life is basically the thing. Hmm. That's a valid point. I never thought of it like that. The way the way that everything builds to each other, where it's just like I don't know, guys, and and they loosely cover it up by oh, we don't have a radio signal, oh, we don't have this, or oh, so and so isn't here, something to a quick excuse. Which is like, well, then, then don't fucking do it, then, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, I will be fair. The director of this movie actually did pay homage to the old novella and the original 1950s version of the Thing from Another World. There is this character in that original novella and in that original 50s movie, the character of the doctor or the scientist that's always like, oh, I don't care about anybody else's opinions. We have to. We have to move on. We have to do a study. We have to do research. He was a major character in both of those mediums, so that's why the director put him into this movie to pay homage. Actually, the character's name is exactly the same name as the as, as he was in the other two is this, mediums. Uh, Dr. Sander? Yep, uh, Dr. Sander. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is basically... He plays the same fucking character, or, or that type of character is the same in all these other movies, where it's just like, I'm the boss, I don't care about any rational decision or logic that you're going to throw my way, I don't give a shit, we're going to do it my way, because I'm the doctor. And that's basically what it was, what, what happened. He, he, he feels like the kind of person who would tweet about a smocking gun. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Exactly. 
Okay, so Ed, the next big scene is they bring the thing back in a block of ice. We can't really see what it is. I'm happy about that. I, I, I will give it credit there. They're not showing us a full skeleton. They're making it a mystery because you can't see it fully through the ice, right? Everybody's partying. They're having a great time. We know that the thing burst out of the ice in the first movie. We see it first out of here. What do you feel about that, Ed? Well, and here's the thing. Like, we know, okay, so we, we assume it burst out of the ice in the first one. I and mean, they do pay fan service in that way and in a couple of other ways. But it bursts out and creates a perfect swimming pool-like look. It doesn't, exactly you know. what it looked like in the 82 movie, though. That's exactly. Well, I get that. I, I get that. I get that that's exactly what it looked like, but it didn't make sense to me. You know, at least in the first one, things were practical. Things were realistic. They, you know, they were like, let's be scientists about this. But, like, if you broke out of something, it's not going to come out perfectly square. Like, that, you that, were led. In the you, first one, I'm going to cut you off. It, that one, like, it, it's, it's already on, you know. Infection outbreak has already happened. So this isn't uh, the rebirth. Right, uh, like resurrection. we were led to think, and you know, I think we're going to cover this several times. But we were led to think, based on the 1982 one, that they cut it out and then it just sort of thawed out and you know, and attacked. Whereas you know, in this one, it just it broke out, it busted a giant hole in the ceiling, and then didn't escape. It like, kind of did. Kind of. It like, it, I mean, it, it 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 ran away, but it didn't. Run away. It, well, it went for the dog first. It's going to do what what we've seen it do in the first movie. It's going to find the first host and replicate it. Yeah, going to find more That's body, man. Right? So, okay. so, so, in the original movie, they did have a huge hole in that little cabin where they kept the thing in the ice. They had a hole in the ceiling with snow coming down in that movie scene. So, clearly something burst out of that. That's why I'm mm-hmm. saying that. The first thing that it does is that it attacks the dog to replicate the dog, and then it attacks the guy who gets uh, the booze. Now we finally see the thing. It's like this flowery octopus tentacle thing, and it's underneath the shed. Eric, this is not a, 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 a point from the previous movie, but what do you think? Is this the actual thing? Or is this just what it was before it froze? Whatever it is, it, it kind of ruins the aesthetic of the thing, like part of the the fear, and if not anything, the, all of it is that this alien has assumes no form, and and also that I don't know where it is at any time, or who is it at any time, or how many have it, it, it has at any time. I don't know that uh, because it all does it through the, the the silences. This one seems to just be a little bit more fearless. Like it, it seems to not wait when. It's alone uh, in the corner. It seems to be like, yeah, I have no problem. Just like two or more people are here, I have no problem just kind of busting out and, and taking over. You know, like that's uh, a very good point. Yeah. So yeah, I, if, I, if this had, if this prequel had been like ten years previous, you could argue the fact that it learned from its mistakes, but it was immediate. It was it, it didn't have time to learn from its mistakes. Okay, it I can was, I can roll with you on that, but we, this is also um, I feel like it is. Because of how many people have been infected and how sure. spread it, it happened. Like, I feel like it happened pretty quick, and we didn't see a, a lot of that. And so we just kind of are assuming. And at least in the first one, they, they kind of didn't spread it out as, as much. I guess they have lesser characters to work with, too. That's the other part, too, is that there were obvious kill characters in this movie. 
mm-hmm. where whereas in the first one it was just kind of like everyone had had good screen time and you could tell that well maybe one person might live Kurt Russell but even he didn't you know whereas this one you could obviously tell oh that's a main character and that's an extra body because there was a lot of extra bodies here I didn't even know these guys names which is making well, they, they didn't matter well except yeah for Tor- except for Tormund and he's just gonna stay Tormund. Yeah, so either way, I, I don't like it when movies have too many red shirts. Um, it just seems kind of uh, – although they were pretty some pretty cool kills, so I, I won't deny that at all. But, uh, I you know, way the thing is – I don't know. I, I didn't like it as a, as a shape. It looked – it's fine, you know. It's a monster movie. That's what it is. I so liked it better when it, when, it was, when it was faceless, when it didn't have a, a, that's a form. That's when it's more scary. Yeah. So, okay, so question for both of you, uh, whoever wants to take it first here. We find out something new. I will give the, I, I will give this movie merit. Now, they didn't say this or introduce this or anything in the last movie, but we discover that it cannot form inanimate objects, kind of like a la T-1000. It can only form organic material. So, therefore, the guy that it originally digested in the beginning of the film, they found that there was uh, a metal plate inside the thing it spit it out because you cannot duplicate it how do you guys feel about that eric uh i mean uh ed you haven't said anything a little bit how do you feel about that new mythology of the thing that it can only it can only form organic material i like that i actually wow. while i understand that you know i i get that that's they're, they're giving you the answer to the questions at the end of the movie and they're giving you the their attempt at the iconic scene the iconic blood scene they're gonna they're building up to that it doesn't make logical sense to me in, in, in from a from a perspective like that. Because if it's just replicating, granted, okay, it's eating live cells and turning them into and turning itself into that. I get that thought process. But couldn't it then theoretically eat titanium and become tit- a, a titanium-like structure? No, because what this movie is doing is that regardless if you like it or not, I believe the movie is pretty much telling you that it's setting up rules, and it has to follow its rules, and it does. Uh, I mean, like, it can't disguise itself as a pack of cigarettes, a la Edward Furlong from Terminator 2. It's it just, it you know, it can only be organic material. I like that because it gives us a reason. Um, it gives us something new about the thing, which I, I don't I, I, I don't feel we can complain about. Well, here's I mean, the thing. that's I, not stupid. Okay, well, here's... The, so the, now that we're assuming the thing eats and consumes these people, right? Like I had just assumed that it it kind of like like a virus. It just kind of merged. It assimilated itself. Mm-hmm. Infected them. Yeah, you know, and and basically you you becoming its symbiote, you know, to 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 kind of do its bidding that way. I didn't think they would actually consume then replicate. I I mean that just seems. I don't think it's going to clone you like that. I didn't think that was that was the case. I just thought it just kind of. You know, got its way inside and and just kind of took you over inside out. Like that, that's what I had thought. And so, therefore, like it, it didn't need to do any metal replicating because it was just it was just taken over. It was just commandeering the vehicle. You know, and what I one what, what I one of the that's one of my big problems with this movie is it is my imagination and I think you might feel this way. My imagination of what the thing was. And what happened to the Norwegian base is now ruined because of this movie. You know, my imagination was better than the story they gave me. Right. Yeah. So, you know, my thought process on what the thing was, 
which it was an infection in my thought process. And it over, and it took over your body, took over every cell of you, and it just replicated, excuse me, became you rather than replicated you. Like, again, that's just my thought process, my imagination, but I feel like my imagination was better than the story they told me because of these stupid, stupid points. I see. I, I guess I'm the only one that's backing that because if I'm going to get a prequel to a, to a sci-fi horror classic such as The Thing, I'm kind of torn on it, fellas. Like, I want – I'm kind of 50-50. I, I, I want the movie to do the beat-for-beat beat of the last one because that's what I know. That's the world I like. That's the characters that I like, and that's what I want to see. But then also, it's standard rulemaking when it comes to writing a screenplay like this is that you have to introduce something new. And they said when they did the autopsy that it consumed him because his flesh was still new, kind of like baby flesh, and and the flesh was still new. So it consumed him, consumed his energy or his DNA or whatever you want to say, and then it started replicating that. So when it was done fully creating a man, it would just spit him back out. That's kind of the way I took it, and I thought, okay, not what I thought like you guys did, because I thought the same way you guys did. Yeah. But I like that but, – but I do like that they tried – to do something different. And you're, you're allowed to feel that way. That's all I like. Is I like that they try to do something different. What I don't like is jump ahead a little bit before we get into the into the uh, uh, filling scene. Is that we get one of the girls is infected and her chest pops open and everybody's chest pops open in this movie and they have teeth and tentacles coming out. This movie reminded me of the game. Because those are the same monsters that attacked you in the game. I was not going to this expecting an alien, like, Aliens movie. I was going to this expecting an invasion of the Body Snatchers. Eric, what do you feel about this, about, about, that, about that one chick monster and other monsters that they showed of just their, like, the one guy in the helicopter and his face split open? Like, just, it's just monsters. I don't, I don't like that. I, yeah, I told you, I don't, it's a monster movie, and a monster movie is one thing. But this is still, like... Cheap CGI, and albeit a lot better than any CGI from like early 2000s and 90s, I get it, it's still improving, but it's still very noticeably CGI, especially when you get the twin faces, when they, when they, the, 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 the face melding. Uh, so, like, you, you see it quite obviously, and it kind of removes some of the, the element from it, uh, especially because they do it so frequently. Too, uh, whether it be in a helicopter. Yeah, that scene where where Ju- what's her name? Is it Julie? No, uh, uh, Juliet. Uh, mm-hmm. That was probably the better scene of the movie, CGI wise, graphics wise. It actually actually looked like they um, gave a damn on that one. And actually, as I see it right now, it looks like that was the a mix between prosthetic work and CGI. So that's probably why it looks so good. True, and I also like to Eric. You brought it up earlier. That you don't understand why the thing would just attack up, would just attack in the open. This is the only time where we saw the thing try to be clever, right? Uh, it takes, it takes, it, it, it gives Mary Beth a mindset, some false information, makes her trust her, go into a room by herself to infect her. And it didn't do that the rest of the movie. That didn't make any sense. That was something that the thing right. from 82, that was something that Kurt Russell's thing would have done, not this. And then it chased her through the hallway and killed yeah. someone else. 
Yeah. <laughs> just, just killed a random guy and starts to infect it, and it's not thinking, hey, they're not going to come in here and see what's going on. They're just going to pretend that this never happened. Yeah, that's, that's right. Th- then it starts minding its own fucking business after it kills the thing, after, and it starts replicating, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and, like, they're interrupting it, you know what I mean? They open the door and be like, oh, what we got going on here? We're going to burn yeah. you. You know, just like, god damn. So I, I, it's, a, it's a monster movie, and uh, that's just basically – what, uh, that's all I got from this movie. Is it, is so, it monster movie. so now we got a few more key scenes leading up to the end of the review here, but we do get uh, the filling scene. And again, like we already established, that we find out something new is that the thing cannot replicate inanimate objects. So, what does this movie do? It has an interesting idea, but it this scene, which it checks everybody's mouths to see if they had fillings. It was like that was like that was like uh, draft one of the script. It's like okay, this is interesting. Let's come up with something better. Nope, this is what we're gonna do, Ed. This is not compared to the blood scene, but how this? I mean, how'd you feel about this scene when she was checking everybody's mouths for uh, for the fillings? I mean, that's to separate the weak ones from the herd, right? Well, how does she? I want to know is how does she go from from timid scientist? to badass leader and making people screaming at them to open their mouths within 45 minutes. How does Ripley take charge of a squad? Because her, because she's, she's Ripley. She's naturally a badass. Well, like she just it was her character. Turn, they all turn on Kate. Like as soon as she leaves, right. Then they're just like, yeah, Hey, yeah. that chick, well, she's just a woman. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, the scientists even spell it out, saying that she's very clever. Now she's in charge. It's like, thank you for telling me this. Um, it's just not everybody has feelings, so yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, hell, one of the one of the characters in the movie says the American blonde kid, the guy who played Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber, er, Eric uh, Christian Olsen, right? Mm-hmm. He, he even says to her, which we find out he's not the thing. But he even says to her, so I'm going to be murdered for learning how to floss? I'm like, good fucking right, dude. Like, yes. Like, I'm going to be murdered because I don't have metal. I mean, I personally don't have metal feelings. So would I be? Ed, I mean, like, you didn't get a chance to answer, really. I mean, uh, no, yes. How do, uh, how do you feel? <laughs> Much like this movie in its entirety, I have no damn idea how I feel about it. Like, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this, if it was not the thing, right, if this was a standalone movie, like, it would have been a good monster movie. But they took source material, and they completely changed what it was, in my in my opinion, which therefore made me, made me kind of sort of have a dislike of, of everything they tried to do. At, you know, but so I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I, it's the only way I can really describe it. I don't know how I feel about it. That's probably your okay. your best review. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you think about the thing 2011? Quote yes. Ed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I felt. And quote, uh, so uh, now comes the scenes in the movie that made me kind of remember the Kurt Russell thing where I went, ugh. A little bit of a shiver down my spine. The first one is when the ginger bearded guy got the hand thing in his mouth and it started to suck the life out of him. That was kind of creepy to me. It was kind of like eerie, you know? Right. Uh, sure. I thought that was kind of cool. And then we get the famous uh, melting Two-Face guy. 
And uh, I believe the actor, when he was screaming in pain, when the thing was pushing his face onto him, CG, I know. But that looked very, very fucking painful. And I thought that was good. I thought that was the best shot of the movie when the two faces merged together. I thought that was creepy. Eric, how about you? Yeah, no, it was definitely creepy. And, like, this is, again, like, there are parts of this movie, kind of, you know, kind of like Blair Witch, too, where, like, there are parts that, that I know that, like, oh, okay, that would have been, keep that part, keep that part. You know, if you were to do a recut, an actual, like, finish to this movie, because a lot of parts work. It's just that there are a lot of other parts that that don't. That part, the 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 melding thing, is a is a good is a cool part. It's a cool feature, and obviously, how else are you gonna explain that shit from from the first one? You know, it's just like you can't ignore that one. You gotta you gotta go over that one. And that was actually a pretty cool part to have the thing kind of a, a mid melt, just kind of you know walking around on its uh, on its legs and just kind of dragging the the, the melt along with it too. I mean that part was pretty cool, but that again that that's a monster movie, and you kind of get to to see this uh, this thing out in the open a lot a lot more. So I wonder if like that's where they're just like, uh, well, this is the only way we can explain it is to have this thing be you know al- you know alive literally and, and and move around it and stuff like that. But the other part is that like the uh, the the Norwegian guy, um, I, I got his name, the Torment you know, from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Is that that hand that's eating them? That thing takes its damn time. I I don't. This alien, the thing, is not one that I, I had an impression that takes its time. I thought it's just there to get in and get out type thing. And uh, for about uh, since up to this kill, we've seen like three or four kills where it's taken its time, like for dramatic effect. And I I don't want it to think it needs to come on, you know. Get get it going, eat eat your thing, and then let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. You know, like get inside that dude's head, rip it off, well, grow some legs, and get the skitter the fuck out of there. And 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 here's the thing about that too is like at the end when when we're to assume that Joel Edgerton's character has now been 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 taken over, right? Right. It's with it's got to be have been within thirty seconds because like they were not. Uh, they were not separated for very long. You know what I mean? In the helicopter? Well, he survived, survived the helicopter crash. Well, no, but he, no, but I don't mean about the helicopter. I mean, he's at the, at, at the end, like when they're getting in the thing, when they're getting in the, in the, in the, you know, snow yeah. cat. Yeah. Like they show the earring. Right. Like mm-hmm. they show his earring and they make it a focal point for you to see it. And then a few minutes later, it's like, you don't have an earring. And, you know, I'm going to burn you alive. Because you're a thing, and it, you're led to believe it's a thing because it screams. Yeah. Well, right? I, knew, I knew that he was the thing at the end because she falls down into the spaceship, and the camera never leaves her. It's like her heroin moment, right? Like, like this is our heroin. This is her moment, right? He, sure. Joe Edgerton just falls off the face of the earth. So as soon as he comes back out of nowhere, and he doesn't even attempt to to put the flamethrower on the thing, right? Because he jumps in, and he's like, hey! And then she throws the grenade. You would think he would, like, try to hose him down with the flamethrower, right? I mean, yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, since when he didn't do that, I was like, oh, okay, he's the thing. So little, so, little, little tells here and there, I get it. Yeah, she walks out of the of the spaceship, and he's like, hey, there's a Russian base 50 miles that way. 
And she's like, oh, you know how I know you're not the thing, like Eric said at the beginning of the show, your earring, uh, that's how I know you're the thing, and then burns him. Would have been better if he was not the thing and she burned him out of paranoia. I would have loved that a lot more. Sure, there was already a uh, self-defense death in this movie, right? Yes. So now we get the scene, the end of the movie, which we all want to talk about, I hope, where Lars, who was the first guy to open his mouth during the test, he got knocked out by, well, Kurt Russell and Childs because we got an American white guy and we got an American black guy, so those guys are pretty much Childs and McCready, right? I mean, right. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they get He gets knocked out. And all of a sudden, one of the Norwegian base guys comes back on a helicopter for a supply or whatever he's back for. I don't remember them saying anything about this guy coming in. And uh, a gun comes out of the he window. Was, he was the refuel station. He was he was the helicopter that was at the refuel station. Thank you. So uh, a gun comes out, shoots at the guy. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm human. What are you doing? You know, blah, 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 blah. The dog runs away. The husky dog runs away. I forgot about that. Because in the beginning of the movie, the thing attacks the husky dog. I forget about it. And all of a sudden, the husky dog runs away. And Lars says, that's no dog. And it starts to do a shot for shot of the dog escaping a la the opening of the first movie. Eric, how do you feel about that scene? I mean, it's, you know, it's not like the same part when you see uh, Vader boarding the, the rebel ship from episode four, you know, from Rogue One, to, you know, like that part was dope, but this movie is just kind of like, yeah, all right, I, yeah, I guess that's where, it makes sense, you know, it, it really does, and it's it's cool because you get the continuation, uh, continuing story, I, I like it, I think it's pretty cool that you, you kind of keep this going and uh, keep the prequel, prequel going, I think it's a good decision, I wouldn't have had it any other way, right? Yeah, Ed, how about you? Well, yeah, I mean, it's the only way you could have ended the movie. I mean, it, they didn't, you know, and I think I said, I forget whether I said it in this episode or I said it in private conversations between the three of us, but I, I feel like I could not have, I would, I did that, they did that shot the exact same way I would have done it. Yeah. There's no, there's, it's the way you would have, it's the way you end that movie. There's the only way. And it's the only, in my opinion, saving grace of the movie. Unfortunately, that's the only part of the movie where I smiled. And knowing that this was going to be a prequel with a Norwegian base, I was hoping to smile a lot. Like, oh, that's really cool. You know, thank you. Instead, I got, oh, no, I'm okay. Thanks. I don't want a Diet Coke. I want a Coke. So let's get into our popcorn ratings here. Ed, what size popcorn will you give the thing 2011? I'm going to give it a medium bag. I'm surprised. I thought you were going to yeah. give it a no bag. Well, and here's and here's the here's the reason why. I mean, the movie the movie was awful. Like I hated every second of it. But I I love uh, Mary Elizabeth Wins, uh, Weinstein or Winston, however you say her name. I can't pronounce her name. Winstead or whatever. Uh, I think she's great, um, and I think that. With some exceptions, they pay homage to um, they pay homage to the things that we needed them to. Again, with certain exceptions. With that being said, I don't feel like, and I said this already, this movie did a better job than my imagination did. This movie should not have been made. But 
the fact that it was and the things that were done. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, but I'm giving it, a, I'm going to get it, I'm just going to give it a medium back. Okay, Eric. Actually, you know what, Eric? Let me go first. Yeah. Let me go next. I'm go sorry. Because I know you got a lot here, and I always talk in this show. Um, small bag for me. This definitely a small bag. Um, I was so interested to see this movie because I'm a big fan of the original 1982 Carpenter's thing, and, uh, and knowing that there was a prequel, I just never got a chance to see it. Um, I'm probably not going to watch this movie again. Uh, if it's a Netflix or something like that, if it's on in the background, definitely. Uh, but um, disappointed a lot. This is not the worst prequel slash remake reboot in the world. We have seen worse in that category. We have seen worse in that category. Yep. But it did hit some beats. It did have some familiar territory. And it did leave me smiling at the end because of the helicopter chase. So with that, I mean, it's it's going to be better than a no bag. But, yeah, clearly a small bag for me. Eric, how about you? What size popcorn will you give the thing 2011? Uh, it's a small bag for me, boss. Um, this this movie wanted to be something else. I, re- I really feel that. Because I, I feel like it, it's, it was just almost there. You know, just like it just didn't quite touch it. it just didn't quite get to where it needed to be. Uh, not the worst monster movie. Uh, certainly not the best. Uh, it just it, it didn't work. Um, but all in all, you got kind of your your standard uh, hour and a half um, gory kind of kill movie. You had a lot of kills in this movie, right? Like everyone died except for the a lot more. except for uh, the, uh, the chick uh, for and the dog Kate and the dog and Lars. Well, well, we know no. Lars's fate and the dog's fate in the next movie, but yes. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened to Kate, so, you know, what the fuck happened there? Yeah, I know. Uh, this this movie kind of reminded me of Alien vs. Predator at the end of the movie, where the Predator marks her as the uh, as the warrior Predator, and then they just leave her in Antarctica with no coat or nothing. Mm. Yeah, it's just like, well, yeah, what, what happens? Especially because it, the, the thing in 1982, they do so much to... to to quarantine the in, the outfa- the outbreak the infection, so she could very well just be the loophole, you know. Especially because remember they they freaked out because that one guy was sick and they were supposed to helicopter him out of there, and then she's like, "Hey, wait, no, nobody can fucking leave," and that's when he revealed himself in the helicopter. Yeah. So yeah, they they're doing a lot to to kind of prevent the outbreak, and then they just leave her there. It just seems like that's a pretty big loophole. It was it was really bad that they had her in this movie. I mean, they should have just done an all-male cast like they did before. Not a sexist thing. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense because now we have a character. We we have a female character that's just wandering out in Antarctica, and we have no idea what's going on with her. There's no end to her character. And it's just the ending is the two Norwegians chasing the dog. That's what it should have been, not her. Right. You know, because now she's just wandering. She's still wandering in 2019 coming up. She's still oh. wandering. I'll say one thing, um, what this movie fails to do, and it falls in the same victim category as a lot of other movies that recently have been doing this, namely Prometheus. Uh, that was a, it was a big one uh, that did that in the other Alien movies too. But uh, uh, a lot of other ones kind of fall victim. And this is the big difference between movies nowadays and movies back then. 
the cast, the, uh, the the characters, when they do all the meetings, because this part, they had the whole recruiting thing too, Doctor and all shit. But when the characters don't respect each other, then why should I? Mm-hmm. And in the old movies of the thing, these characters all seem to like know everyone's role. They all understood. They all respected everyone's, uh, you know, oh, the engineer said something about doing something with the engine. All right, we should listen to him. Not the captain who, you know, doesn't know a shit. You know, it's just like this needs to be addressed because the same thing happened in Prometheus when everyone's on the spaceship. None of them respected each other. So why should I even care? Yep. I agree. This movie's definitely Prometheus. Now, they, an Alien, right? All that whole crew, like they've been through some shit. Like mm-hmm. they, they're all that. Those are brothers on on the ship, you know, yeah. like in, in arms. And when obviously one thing happens to one of them, it's it's tragic. You feel it, all of them, because they all respect each other. Whereas, uh, yeah, it's unlike Prometheus or in this movie, someone dies, they go, "Oh, so and so died." Well, I guess I better wash my back, huh? Um, yeah. To nerd out, and then we'll close out the show since you made a comment to Alien. There is a, there's a deleted scene in the special edition of Alien. Not only are these guys in Alien all respect each other, but they also are all Eskimo brothers because there's a deleted scene where Lambert and Ripley has said that they have fucked everybody in the ship beside Ash. Hmm. So, there's that for you. Okay, then. So, Bert and... That's how it works back then. That's why you, you know... Yeah. Yeah, no, there is, there's, it's, it's an amazing scene, it's on YouTube, where Ripley and Lambert are sharing a cigarette, and they're just talking about who they had sex with, and they've had sex with every guy besides Ash. I thought that was kind of funny. Because that was Ridley Scott's way of saying, he's a robot. He's a robot. Yeah. So, but we hope that we're not robotic for you, the fans of Movie Guys Podcast. That was a good, that was a good segue That's there. That's good enough, man. Yeah, that was good enough. Pat on the back. Uh, make sure to check out this episode and many others at MovieGuysPodcast.com and MovieGuysPodcast.Podbean.com. You can download our episodes on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Just search for Movie Guys Podcast. You can, you can actually know who we are from the logo. It is a white background with a popcorn with headphones around it. It says Movie Guys Podcast on it, so make sure to check that out. Also... Don't forget to go to movieguyspodcast.com. This is the last weekend before our third year annual special episode where you can go on our website and vote at movieguyspodcast.com. We are doing the best and worst films of the year that we have reviewed, and you, the fans, get to decide who's the winner and who is the loser. Also, also a special announcement is in January of 2019, we'll be doing a 10-year special episode. More information will come about that in the future. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram. Search for Movie Guys Podcast to get more information about the 10-year special. Well, Eric and Ed, thank you so much for joining me. And we'll be back next week for our third-year annual special episode. Have a good night.